Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Well, we've been ministering on this line of cultivating confidence in God. Confidence in God. So let's go to our foundational uh, our foundational text, Hebrews chapter 10. And let's read it real quick and make some spiritual progress. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Paul, writing this letter, he says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has what? which has great reward. Let's go ahead with our nuggets. I think it'll bless you tonight. We'll just go right through them. I think it's three or four that I put together. Nugget number one, uh, so that you can be blessed. You, you see, you have to say something. If you sit there and just let me do all the talking, uh, then you don't get anything. You don't open up your heart. But, but let's all get it. God's got room enough for everybody who's tuned in to be blessed. Come on, let's say it. I will hold fast to the confession of my faith in God without wavering. What a powerful statement. Let's say it again. I will, oh my, hold fast to the confession of my faith in who? In who? Not man, but in God without wavering. Nugget number two, please. Most people want a shortcut to God's promises, but there are none. Glory to God. We all got to go through the process. And that's what I've been teaching you about the process that we have to go through to cultivate confidence in God, in the word of God. Nugget number three, please. Nugget number three. Seven principles to cultivating confidence. Now, we talked about these seven principles last service, but put, put, it, put it back up, please. Seven principles uh, to cultivate confidence. Notice the seven principles. Number one, consecration. Number two, separation. Number three, information. Number four, saturation. Number five, deliberation. Number six, determination. And number seven, expectation. Oh, my. These seven principles. I I guarantee you, if you engage in these seven principles and apply them to your lives, Victory will manifest. I say it again. Victory will manifest in every area of your life. Can somebody say amen? Now, let's go to Psalms chapter number one. Psalms chapter number one. The book of praise. Psalms chapter number one. Let's look together at verse number one. Psalms chapter one, verse number one. Ready? Let's read. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. So that man who does not engage in the ungodly counsel nor sit in the seat of the scornful or go in the path of sinners, the Bible says that man will be what? That person would be blessed. Look at verse 2. 
But his delight, who's delight? The, ble- the blessed man, the blessed woman, the blessed person. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, in his word, he meditates. How often? That's why I encourage you the last service to get my book on the biblical way of meditation. Because meditation in and of itself, it is a biblical principle. Now, I know the world has grabbed a hold of it and, you know, twisted it this way and that way. But it is a biblical principle. And it will work for you if you will work it according to the word of God. Amen? Now, look at verse number three. And in his law, he will meditate day and night, verse two. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth its fruit in its season. Oh, my. Whose leaves also shall not wither. And whatever Steve does, I mean, you can put your name there. And whatever he does, come on, it'll do what? And, and whatever he does, it will do what? Now, now everybody doesn't prosper. C- come on now. Everybody doesn't prosper. I didn't say you wasn't saved. Because, see, you can be saved and not prosper. And you can be saved and not prosper and go to heaven. But you can also be saved and on your way to heaven. But in the process, before you get to heaven, you can prosper. So you can be, you can, you can be, you can, you can be a blessed person. You can be a saved person. You can be in the earth on your way to heaven and the blessings of God is resting on your life during the journey. Glory to God. Is, Is this good? Now in Hebrew, Psalms mean praise. We're reading Psalms chapter number one. In the Hebrew, its original writing, Psalms means praise or book of praise. It is the hymn book. Listen to me now. The book of Psalms is the hymn book of the temple. So I know in our modern day westernized culture, we read Psalms. But if you were to engage in Psalms like its original intent, you would sing it. The book of Psalms is a hymn book. We read it, but we should be singing it. Blessed is the man who walked not in the counsel of God. We should be singing it. Are you listening to me? So in these verses, Psalms chapter number one, Psalms one, verse one through three, uh, we see the practice of this blessed man. We see the power of this blessed man. And we see the preeminence of this blessed man. I'll say it again. In Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, we see the practice of the blessed man. So if we want to be like this blessed man, we have to engage in what he practiced. We see the power of this blessed man, and we see the preeminence of this blessed man. And also in verse number one through three, we see uh, the, the, the regression of the sinner man. We see the deterioration of the sinner man. And we see uh, the degeneration of the sinner man. So we see the practice of the blessed man, the power of the blessed man, 
the preeminence of the blessed man. But in these verse of scriptures, the ungodly person, we see the regression of the ungodly person. We see the deterioration. All you got to do is look around the world. That's all you hear on the news. All you hear on the daily news is the regression of mankind, the deterioration of societies, the degradation of how people treat each other because this is the way of the ungodly man. Now look at verse 2 again, please. Let's, let's hone in those for a minute. The blessed man, his delight is in the law of who? Is in the law of the Lord. So verse 2 is telling us to meditate. Meditation is a very figurative word. Meditation is a very figurative word. Uh, it, it, it's a picture. Uh, verse number two, meditation gives us a picture. Uh, an illustration would be uh, to, to meditate on the word. It, it's, it's like a cow uh, out in the pastures. Notice the cow uh, uh, starts moving around in the pastures early in the morning while they're still due D-E-W, do on the grass. And the cow just walks all around the pastures. Just, it looks as though they're just eating grass. And I mean, they're just eating grass. And they're, and they're just eating grass. But then later on in the afternoon, uh, early evening, when it gets real hot, you'll see the, the cow begin to gravitate somewhere in the pasture where there's a tree or some cool place or some shady place. And, and sometimes it'll just sit down or lay down and, and you'll see the cow just sitting there just chewing and you don't see them putting anything in their mouths. And sometimes for hours, they're just sitting there chewing what we call chewing on the cud. Because in a cow, there's several different departments in their stomach. So when they first eat the grass, it's, it, it's really not getting the nutrients because they're just taking everything that they can take in. Oh, you say, well, how does that compare to us? When you come to church and I'm teaching now, you're, you're, you're sitting there trying to, endeavoring to take in everything that I'm saying. But if that's all you do, it won't work for you. When this, when this service is over and, and, and you, you began to have time to, to do whatever you decide to do, you should, you should go over this message, go over your notes. Go over the scriptures that, that I've read. Uh, 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 purchase the message. Go online and get the message. And listen to it over and over and over again. That's like the cow chewing the cud. So the, the cow is, what is the cow chewing? The cow is not chewing new grass. The cow is chewing the grass that it already had eaten early in the day. So when you meditate on the word, you don't go home and meditate on something that you haven't heard. You go home and meditate on what I'm teaching you. And when you meditate on it, it's like you're really engaging like the cow. You're bringing up 
out of you what was deposited in you tonight. You're bringing it up again and you're re-chewing it in your mouth, getting all the nutrients, all the revelation, all the power, all the anointing, all the knowledge, all the insight from the word of God as you chew on it and meditate, meditate on it and mutter it. And then that word, it gets down into your spirit and it becomes part of you. Are you all listening to me? Uh, Somebody give me a, uh, please hand me some water, please. Quickly. That's all right. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah, just quickly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm trying to get you to see what what I'm trying to show you. Notice uh, I got water. And notice this water is beside me. Glory to God. And thank God I got some water beside me. But just having the water beside me is not enough. So now notice what I'm doing now. Notice the water is beside me. Thank God I got some water beside me. But if I really want the benefit of this water, look what I have to do. So the water is no longer beside me now. Where is it? Talk to me, church. It's on the inside of me. And so, yeah, you got the Bible. Thank God you got the Bible. You carry it with you everywhere you go. And it's a blessing to have the word of God. But the real blessing is not you carrying the Bible. The real blessing is getting the good God of mercy. It's getting the word of God down on the inside of you. So when the devil shows up, you can't just... You know, wave the Bible in his hand. You got to be able to say something about the manuscript that's on the inside of you. You got to speak it out just like Jesus. And it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of almighty God. I didn't mean to get this happy so soon. Hallelujah. Is this blessing anybody? So in these three verses... Psalms chapter 1, verses number 1 through 3, you will see these seven principles that I've given you that will empower you or will help you, show you, guide you, and how to cultivate confidence in God. Principle number one was consecration. We talked about that last service. Get the message. Go online and and, and pull it up. We talked about separation. We talked about information. We talked about saturation. That's why I encourage you to get my book on meditation so you can saturate your your being with what God said. So you you can meditate the way God ordained it so the word of God can work in your life. Then number five, deliberation. And then number six, determination. Uh, And this is so important, number six, determination, because uh, you have to be determined uh, to obey God. And I say you have to be determined because your flesh never wants to obey God. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much uh, you come in agreement with somebody. I don't care how faithful you are with church attendance. You can do all of that. And your flesh still will ignore everything you're doing and want to do something else. Why? Because the flesh never wants to obey God. Say it with me again. Flesh never wants to obey God. Flesh is always unwilling to participate. Flesh is always unwilling 
to participate in godly things. Ooh, Jesus. Then number seven. Well, say this. Flesh, you will obey God. Flesh is always unwilling. It's an unwilling participant in the things of God. When you make up in your mind that you want to obey God and do what God has told you to do, your flesh is always in disagreement. It's always in disagreement. Are you listening to me? So you have to say something to your flesh. Flesh, come on, don't just sit there. Flesh, you will obey God. Come on, say flesh, my flesh, you will obey God. Come on, say it like you mean it. Flesh, I'm talking to my flesh. You will obey God. Ooh, Jesus. Now let's go to Romans chapter number seven and let's see something that Paul said about our flesh so that you can see that I'm not ministering or teaching false doctrine. Romans chapter number seven. And look what Paul said about your flesh and about my flesh. Look, look what he says. He said, look at verse 18. He says, for I know that in me. Now, come on now. We're talking about Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And look what he's saying about himself to the church at Rome. Look at this. He said, for I know that in me that is in my flesh. Come on now. This is Paul talking. He says, I don't think so. I'm not really sure. He is saying, I've had enough experience with my flesh that now I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Ooh-wee. Nothing good dwells. So Paul was saying, with all the revelation God has given me, with the major assignment God has given me that will bless the body of Christ for, for generations to come, with all that revelation, with all that assignment, he is saying, I still cannot trust my flesh. Good God of mercy. Hallelujah. Is this blessing anybody? For he says, for in my flesh, nothing good dwells. So you must make your flesh obey God. Did you hear what I said? You have to make yourself obey God. When you decide that you're going to push the plate away, you know, just to spend a little more time with God, to cause yourself to be a little more, you know, fasting doesn't change God, but it does change you. It makes you more sensitive to the things of the spirit. But notice every time you decide to fast or to pray or to study, your flesh says no. You've never, you've never decided to do something for God and your flesh says, Ooh, I'm so happy. Glory to God. Flesh is only happy when it's having its way. And whenever the flesh is having its way, you always know whatever you're engaging in is not pleasing God. Because the flesh is never a willing participant in the things of Almighty God. Now, let's close out tonight with this uh, booster service. Uh, uh, let's deal with number seven. Ooh, Jesus expectation. Now I qualify for expectation. Why do I qualify for expectation? 
because I've, I've, I've engaged in consecration. I've separated myself from anything that will pull me away from the will of God for my life. I've, I've, I've made a decision that the word of God will be my information, not, not the world. That I, I've made a decision that the world would not be my counselor. I've made a decision that the word of God would be the place where I would get my information on how to govern my life. I, I've, I've engaged in saturation. I'm meditating on the word of God. Like God told Joshua, meditate on the word of God day and night, night and day. And then you'll have, you'll have what? He said, you'll have good success. You, you'll make your way prosper. By meditate, it's something about the word of God getting in on the inside of you and the word of God being spoken out of your mouth that creates your victorious world. And then number five, de uh, deliberation. And then number six, determination. I've, I've, I've engaged, I've settled all those six things. Now I can get excited over principle number seven, which is expectation. If I hadn't done the first six, then I don't have a right to engage in expectation. That's like me expecting to go to a bank and get some money and I've never put a deposit in the bank. So the deposit is number the deposit is consecration, separation, information, saturation, deliberation, determination. That's the deposit. Now I'm getting ready to make a withdrawal. What's the withdrawal? Expectation. Could God have mercy. And God meets all of us at the level of our expectation. Our level of expectation sets the limits on our lives. As a matter of fact, your life will gravitate toward what you're expecting. Glory to God. So I want you to stand up right now wherever you are. I want you to stand up. Wherever you are, I want you to stand up. If you're in the bathroom, stand up. If you're in the bedroom, stand up. If you're in the office booth, I want you to stand up. If you're in the bank lobby right now, I want you to stand up. If you're in your apartment, I want you to stand up. If you're in a tent, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up right now. And I want you to begin to magnify God. I want you to begin to tell God how big he is in your life, how much you love him. I said, I want you to stand up. I don't care if you're in an apartment. I don't care if you're in a tent. I don't care if you're in the backyard. I don't care if you're in the living room, the bedroom, the dining room. I don't care if you're in, a, in your theater. Turn the televisions. Uh, well, don't turn me off, but turn off whatever would be a distraction. And I want you to stand up. I want you to lift your hands to God. And I want you to open your mouth and begin to magnify God. And I want you to magnify him to the place where he becomes bigger than what you're facing. He becomes bigger than your problem. He becomes bigger than your financial dilemma. He can become, I want you to magnify God for these next few moments that we have. I want you to stand to your feet, lift your hands, open your mouth, and begin to magnify God. Magnify him to where he is. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than high blood pressure. He's bigger than marital problems. He's bigger than financial problems. You begin to magnify him. Tell him how wonderful he is. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how magnificent he is. Tell him how awesome he is. Tell him how faithful he is. Tell him how lovely he is.
magnify him. Magnify him. Magnify God till he becomes bigger than your problem. Magnify him. That he becomes bigger than the disease or the sickness that has tried to destroy your body. Get your eyes off of cancer and magnify God. Get your eyes off the lump on your breast and start magnifying God. Make God bigger than the lump that's in your body. The woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just magnify God, he'll become bigger than the blood disease that I'm dealing with. And tonight I prophesy, if you'll be bold enough, don't care who's looking. You know, you can get in such trouble that you don't care who's looking. You can need a blessing so bad that you don't care what other people think. As you begin to magnify God, maybe the people next door in the other apartment is knocking on your wall telling you to hold it down, but you can't hold it down. Why? Because you're magnifying God bigger than the obstacle, bigger than the situation that you're facing. And when, and when, and when, you magnify. I can't do it for you. And you cannot do it for me. And when? If you want it bad enough. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want a breakthrough? How bad do you want your marriage fixed? How bad do you want to be healed? How bad do you want to be delivered? How bad do you want a financial breakthrough? And when? And when? You magnify God and you magnify him to the point, to the place to where he becomes bigger than your problem. Then your problem will have to bow its knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Then your mountain will be made low. And the storms in your life, when you magnify God, a breath of heaven will be released and say, peace in your situation. Be still. I command sickness to leave now. I command satanic forces that had been assigned to trouble your house. I declare there'll be no more trouble because the king of kings is being magnified. And when God arrives, every enemy has to scatter. I speak peace. I speak deliverance. I speak wholeness. I speak blessings. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. 
or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.